0: You're listening to the Dogaritaville podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Lily. We are two dog professionals with two different styles, two different backgrounds, and two common goals. To drink delicious margaritas and talk about dogs. Welcome to Doggeritaville. Welcome to episode 31 of the Doggeritaville podcast. Today we are drinking whatever we want and talking about recall, also known as Come When Called.
1: It's amazing how often I get asked what recall is. Uh, It really needs a better name. (laughs) Uh, For every episode, we pick a theme for our margaritas, although I don't know that we're going to keep doing that because I kind of like doing whatever we want. (laughs) I kind of like it too. It's a lot less uh, spendy. Yeah, it seems more exciting. But, you know, if you have a margarita theme, send it. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, We will keep posting the recipes on Instagram, or uh, more of them, really, because we'll be doing different stuff now. And then we're always looking for new ideas for episodes. We are running extremely low. Uh, Today's episode was thought of this morning at 7 (laughs) a.m. So, you know, help us. Also, I don't feel like we celebrated episode 30 enough. That's a large number of episodes. You're right. (laughs) It is. Yeah. We just glanced on past it like it ain't no thing. So go us is what I meant. Go us. Go us. All right. Ready?
0: Let's go. Okay. So for our first segment today, I have a just the tip for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She just really likes that segment. I just, Uh. (laughs) I can't stop laughing about it. Okay, so something. It's coming up as much as rants now.
0: Something that people ask a lot is like, how do I get my dog to stop doing whatever? And oftentimes the answer is just limit your dog's freedom. So limit opportunities to be around whatever it is. Um, The dog only gets to be around that thing unsupervised. If they can't be trusted, unsupervised. And it just kind of seems like common sense, but you'd be surprised how often that question comes up. And I think we've done it in a QA and on, a on our show. I would just, I guess
1: I would just call it like management. Um, but I will say there are two sides to this, right? So there are uh, a lot of trainers that, you know, keep their dogs in kennels a lot, which I do too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's negative, but I do it for very different reasons than they do. <laughs> Uh, So there's a lot of trainers that keep dogs in kennels for a long time, that keep dogs on downstays on on, cots for a long time, and they call that kind of, like, management or limiting freedom. That's not the same thing. (laughs) So it goes both ways, right? Either, like, your dog has way too much freedom and, like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Or why can't your dog be a dog, right? So... Uh, it definitely goes both ways. There's two kind of edges to that sword. I was just actually reading on Instagram one of the trainers I follow that was kind of like, she wasn't really talking shit on crates, but she was kind of just like, let your dog be a dog. It doesn't need to be on in downstays forever, and it doesn't need to be in a crate forever, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, it doesn't, but also, like, the crate's not a negative thing, and the downstairs not a negative thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, calm down. But yeah, supervision is literally the answer to almost all things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the only dog that I can trust unsupervised out of my plethora of dogs is Peter. Mm. (laughs) That's one dog in a house of eight. One. (laughs) And he's 11. (laughs) Uh, Harper can almost be trusted. But, uh, yeah, supervision is essential. A lot of times that does mean kennels, uh, or X-pen, whatever, whatever makes you happy. But, uh, supervision goes along with, I would say if you did no training, but really great supervision, like if you just had your dog with you all the time, but didn't worry about like downstays and stuff like that, you'd be better off than if you did a lot of training and little management. I see what you mean. Right? Yeah if your dog can't
0: be trusted in a certain situation, then they need to be supervised or managed. With the understanding that when you're supervising your dog, then it does kind of become training time. Because like, if your issue is, oh, my dog keeps chewing on the pillows. Well, we limit freedom to the pillows if they can't be trusted unsupervised. But then when we're supervising them, we're not letting them chew the pillows, (laughs) right? So like, there's still some amount of showing the dog what to do but if you're not there to show the dog what to do they have to be managed in some way because otherwise they're just going to keep doing it like there's literally no reason not to and the more that they do it the more they'll know they can do it in the future and the better they'll get at it so there it is there you go there you go one really easy way to supervise and manage your dog at the same time is having a dragging leash what I wrote down here is a dragging leash covers a multitude of sins because it really does like anything that you can think of that your dog is doing that you don't want them to be doing can be solved with the dragging leash, which just means, by the way, it means the leash is attached to the dog, but dragging on the ground. The first time Lara said dragging leash to me, I thought she said dragon leash. And I was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs>
1: Can, can we get leashes printed with dragons on them? Cause yes. Now I, wa- now I want leash. it. Uh, <laughs> I love a dragon leash so, so much. Probably because I'm from rescue, and rescue, you're not going to survive very long without dragon leashes. <laughs> <laughs> I have, he's not feral. I call him feral jokingly because he's real bad, but uh, I have a terrified little dog right now that you literally cannot touch. Uh, and without a dragging leash, it would be completely unmanageable because I can't touch him. So if I need him to go somewhere or I need something to happen, I would be shit out of luck without that dragging leash. He's actually on a dragging long line because I don't want to get within six feet of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, he's not aggressive at all, but like he does not want me within six feet of him. Therefore, I do not want to be within six feet of him. Yeah. So we have a 12 foot radius. <laughs> Um, but even normal dogs, even good dogs, but especially puppies, uh, pretty much every new dog, whether it's an own dog that's coming for training or a dog that we just pulled out of the shelter, pretty much every new dog stays on a a dragon leash, uh, for at least the first day or so, uh, just because I don't know them. And it's more of a safety thing for me than anything. If that dog decides to come after me or go after one of the other dogs or something like that, I need to be able to get it without getting two in its space right because if you get two in its space in that scenario you're gonna get bit so yeah dragon leashes are my favorite especially for puppies it's also like
0: Uh, um even if it's not a safety issue it's just what's the word i'm looking for
1: real fucking handy
0: (laughs) well no i mean it's like oh um It's like a less confrontational way of kind of like grabbing your dog away from something. Because like, you know, if they're chewing on the pillows or whatever it is, I'll just keep using that example. If you keep going for their collar over and over and over, they're either going to expect that and start dodging you or they're going to start uh, defending themselves from that. So the dragging leash is a good way to interrupt your dog from what they're doing without like encroaching on their space and kind of making them feel defensive about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Collar grubs are not ideal in most scenarios. I just really love dragon leashes. <laughs> I like them a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other like management tools.
0: My next bullet point is utilize crates, pens, tethering, and whatever.
1: <laughs> tethering is interesting. I know a couple of rescue people that tether their fosters and it I don't like it. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, I don't, it makes me feel icky for some reason.
0: Really? Because you're. But I don't know why. You suggested that to me for Mooney. In what way? Uh, I have it written down, actually. Um, I had, like, a sheet about mental work that I was supposed to do with him, and Bill cord training was, like.
1: One of the things on there. Oh yeah, umbilical cord training. So by tethering, like I've seen people like tether them in their living room while them and their dogs are doing their their thing, but they're tethered to a spot in the house. Oh, I was thinking of tethering as attached to the person. Oh no, umbilical cord training. I fucking love. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> Sorry, that's yeah. So two different things. I mean, they're both the same, but just a misunderstanding, I guess. So yeah, umbilical cord training is like where. They're attached to your person. Like I do a carapiner to like my belt loop or whatever. And I love that because it really helps with their leash skills too. Uh, But it's also really great management. But yeah, tethering in the house. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not like opposed to it. I've just... I don't know. It gives me bad vibes for sure No, some reason I don't like that I don't, either. I don't know why. Definitely
0: not what I was intending to suggest. Um, I don't like it because, like, whereas a crate or a pen has a distinct barrier with tethering, I feel like that could build a ton of frustration because there's, like, not right? really a barrier between them and what they're trying to get to.
1: But, like, the girl that I know that does it regularly, like, that's part of her, like, decompression and integrating fosters because uh, she's fostered for years and years. Mm. She does it regularly, and it's, like part of her decompression protocol and has never really had an issue with it it's weird yeah it's yeah i don't know why it just it gives me vibes i don't like it (laughs) yeah so to be clear i was suggesting tethering to a person not to an object i wonder i should look into that i wonder if umbilical cord training is actually what it's called or if it's called like tethering or something i'm sure it has no official name does it have a real name It should. Nothing does. I'm campaigning for (laughs) umbilical cord training.
0: Well, I think that's all I had for this. I wrote you some really nice bullet points. I really
1: like her bullet points. Uh, I almost said my burger points. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm going to tell you my bullet points in each segment because they're pretty great. This segment's bullet points are turd and burger. (laughs) (laughs) Wait for the next one because they're even better. Stay tuned. (laughs) Okay, that was
0: just the tip. About limiting freedom. I did that without laughing.
1: First time ever. (laughs) I would have laughed, but I wasn't paying attention.
0: (laughs) So we'll take a little break here. When we get back, we will start talking about recall. Margarita check. How did you make whatever
1: you're drinking? It's pretty delightful. Um, It's... September 14th, right now, and it is still 103 degrees outside. So, I made a blended margarita, <laughs> and it's delightful. Um, so, I had just woken up from a nap and uh, had no ideas. Uh, um, so, I just threw a bunch of random frozen fruit into my blender, and it is quite delightful. Uh, So I did two ounces of tequila, one ounce triple sec, two juice limes, and then I did, my hands are stained from frozen blueberries, Uh, I did like two or three handfuls of like a mango mixed berry bag, and then I did like two handfuls of frozen peaches, oh, and then I did some agave, because frozen fruit isn't really that flavorful, and it really kind of bothers me. Mm.
0: It sounds really yummy, though.
1: It is pretty damn you mean, yummy.
0: You cannot have any Cheetos. <laughs> but I want Cheetos. You can go get in your bed. I
1: can, all I can see is his tail, and it's so funny. <laughs>
0: He's
1: such an idiot. A <laughs> little flu. Um, but yeah, it's like a, a deep red, so at least it's a little bit folly. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. It's pretty delightful. I blended the shit out of it, so it's not very chunky. And that's my favorite. Oh, also, I feel like this is a good time to say that when Lily was in town, we went out to eat and she had one of the best cocktails I've ever tasted in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Well, it was uh, it was like sparkling water, honey, lemon juice and and honey vodka, lemon juice. Man, that shit was bomb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would have been drinking that shit all summer had I known. It was very good. It was so good. Anyways, your, uh, your uh, thingamajig today reminded me of it. Yeah. So
0: I didn't make a margarita. Um, I noticed that. <laughs> I just made whatever I wanted. So I juiced <laughs> one lemon. I put in two ounces of gin, half an ounce of lavender syrup, the, ones, the one that I made for our last recording, and then half an ounce of creme de violet, which is just a purple liqueur that... I bought because it was pretty. Is it
1: is it like thick? A little bit sounds thick. A
0: little bit. It's. I mean, I would call it more creamy.
1: Hmm. The lemon lemon lavender sounds fucking bomb. Hmm. The cream gives me a bit of a pause. Mm hmm mm hmm.
0: Let me see it. What does it look like? Oh, I don't have it anymore.
1: Ah, oh, god. Damn Sorry.
0: It.
1: This bitch. What did it look like? Did you take a picture? No. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, When people bitch at me about Instagram, remember this moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's like
0: really light purple. I feel like it would look really
1: beautiful. Mm -hmm. You got to put some like fresh lavender in it, though. (laughs) For, For like the garnish. The
0: chunkies.
1: Yeah, make it look pretty. That sounds delightful. How'd you feel about it?
0: It was great. I loved it.
1: You now all I can think about though is your drink at Lee Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna haunt my dreams. <laughs> the first thing in her recipe is lemon, so now I'm just stuck on that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, it's gonna be a while. And I know I'm gonna try to recreate it, and it's just never, it's never gonna work because they didn't list sparkling anything, but it was obviously fizzy. Yeah. So it's like, I'm assuming there's sparkling water I in would, it. But yeah. I, just... I would
0: guess just soda water. It definitely didn't taste like tonic water.
1: I just need to know. I'm going back. (laughs) I'm going to live on their patio for the next couple of weeks. Anyways. All right. Recall. Recall why? Recall
0: why? (laughs) Well, um, I'm in the middle of editing an episode that was supposed to come out today that I completely (laughs) forgot about. And we were on vacation. (laughs) And our first segment was actually about recall. Oh, it it? was. And so, if you want a little more in depth about the why of recall, go check out that episode, which is about cues. Yeah, Mm. training cues. Um, but basically, the why is so your dog will come when you call them. Come on, man. Why not?
1: I'm still. I'm still trying to think of a better thing to call it, uh, because literally every time I say recalls, somebody asks what that is, mm-hmm. and like, I don't, I don't know what else to call it that's more self-explanatory, but yeah, recall is just having your dog come when they're called. I guess as far as, like, why, it's just, I mean, if nothing else, safety, Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, we generally need our dogs to listen, and that's, like, the number one listening tool. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, you can't really make your dogs sit if they're, uh, not gonna come anywhere near you. How do you do your recall? You do just come,
0: or...? Well, recall, but how is going to be next segment. Should we so, should we just segment it up into how we each do it? Because we already kind of did the why already in a different episode.
1: Well, I think the how is going to be like, so you do this and this and this. But I'm just wondering, like, the semantics of, like, the verbiage. Because I feel like everybody does it different. Like, I just do their name. Uh, I hate using the word come, but ever, well, most people do. Uh, and then uh, Perrier's trainer uses here. <clears throat> so, he uses his name and then here. Um, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other crazy shit that people do.
0: Yeah. So, I do
1: um, come here
0: just because that's what comes out of my mouth. So, that's what I've trained. <laughs> um, so,
1: the, my... Do you do their name first or just come here?
0: Usually do their name first, just because okay. they're usually not looking at me if they're not next to me. So, to look at me, that's what I use their name for, um, is they know that they need to look at me and then I can give them more instructions. So... If I get Mooney's attention and then say "come here," he'll come. Got it.
1: Yeah. So if you really if you, you
0: had, I'm not. You don't get Cheetos.
1: He was just he was just checking that if maybe you decided he could have a Cheeto. Well, lay down. Thank you.
0: Um. Mm. Yeah. So I do come here. My three personal dogs come to come here. And then um, for the puppies, if the family has a specific word they want to use, I'll teach that word. Otherwise, it's just a default of come here, because that's what I say.
1: So if all three of your dogs were out in the yard and you yelled, come here, would they all three come? Or do you have to call their name first? Um, I bet that all three would come.
0: If one of them didn't, it would be Balto. Um, usually,
1: <laughs> <That track. laughs> usually
0: I need to get his attention before I ask him to do anything. But, uh, the other two I think are pretty, pretty focused. So,
1: oh, do you have, um, a safety recall or do you just use your normal or an emergency recall, I guess, or do you just use your normal recall?
0: Yeah. So actually I would call that like what I just described, that would be my emergency recall. So if I don't have, um, Is come here. Yeah. So if I don't have like my good treats or whatever, I just do other things to get them back. Like say different words, you know, like they'll if you go like Mooney, come on, let's go. Like he'll come. Right. So I'll get him to come using other ways. But if I'm like have my treats on me, then I'll use the emergency word.
1: Yes. The emergency recall kind of blows my mind. I've never used it, but I was just boarding a dog that. Her Her emergency recall was peanut. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, yeah, she got out once and I just yelled peanut and she came running and then I gave her peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And then I later discovered that that dog had no recall. So that was kind of interesting. (laughs) I just, I don't know. Emergency recall has always been kind of interesting to me because I'm like, why why do they like if they have recall why do you need an emergency recall i mean i i mean i know their like explanation is that that's like an oh shit command that they come to immediately no questions asked but shouldn't shouldn't that be your normal recall <laughs> right but i mean
0: there's always things that we ask our dogs to do that we don't reinforce enough right like i don't know i think it's pretty unlikely that Just the average person and even maybe the average trainer like would be able to just like get our dog to come immediately. Just like right when we say whatever their regular word is. Right. Like no matter what they're doing.
1: Isn't that the point of recall though? Yeah. But I mean, do you think your dogs would do it? Like. I don't know. I don't work. I don't really work my personal dogs very much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like to train an emergency recall, you have to do the same. Like it's the same work. That's what I've never understood.
0: Like, So for me, the difference is like if I don't have my shit on me, I'm not going to weaken that cue. Like emergency recall is a cue that I'm never going to weaken by not having reinforcements. So like if we're out in the yard and I want my dogs to come to me and I'm like, oh, I don't have my treat pouch or whatever, then I'm not going to like weaken the word by having them come and just being like, yeah, good job, you know, which I will do for almost everything else.
1: I'm confused by this, but my dogs also don't get a lot of freedom, so that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think of it
0: like um, like sit, you know, like your dogs know sit, but there are certain times when you have to like stand there and wait for a second, like if they're motivated enough to do something else or like if they're just super wired and they don't want to sit right away to get out of the crate or whatever, you kind of have to like sit there and wait. But if sit was like enforced every single time with like the best value reward, There's never going to be a time that they're like, I don't feel like
1: sitting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, but so that's how I would train normal recall. I mean, in order to, like, my argument is that in order to train an emergency recall, you could just train a really good normal recall. Sure. That's what I've never understood. But you still kind of need that
0: recall that you use when you don't have your shit on you. You know, like, you can still get your dog to come to other things. So if you don't have, like, the good stuff on you, then... and you're trying to train that really good recall, then you're not going to use it during those times, right? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I always use, I just always use their name, and I am kind of equal as far as, like, treats or uh, attention. And would you say that they have, like, emergency recalls, though? Like, as sharp as you'd want it? Uh, yeah, I mean, their recalls are good enough that it's never been a problem. But I also, like, my manage. I think, I think I don't understand emergency recall because my management is so heavy that we're never really in those situations, I guess. Mm. I I don't know. I think that's why I don't understand. (laughs) So, like, today, Peter was wandering off a little far, which is fine for Peter. Peter can wander off wherever he wants. Uh, But then Sparks, the puppy, started to follow him. And it was far enough that I could not reach his long line. Uh, So I started to get a little nervous. (laughs) Um, And I just recalled him. But like, I don't know. I guess I'm just, I'm trying to think of where you would even need an emergency recall. Like, I guess if there was like a wild animal in your yard or something. I don't know.
0: Or like, you know, um, so in our... Last episode, well, not last, the two, the one I'm editing right now, where we were talking about recall, um, you were saying how, like, some people want to know, like, how can I have my dog off leash? Well, the answer is recall, right? If they don't want to use an e-caller or something. Um, Yeah. And so, like, some people's dogs are super prey-driven. So, like, if you're off leash in the woods and there's a bunny or something, like, your dog might chase it to where you can't find your dog anymore. So, your recall needs to be, like, you know, like, excellent, like, super sharp, right? Yeah. But that would just be recall. Sure. So I guess we're getting into semantics of like, I'm saying recall versus emergency recall. And you're saying recall versus other words. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah, I just, I
1: don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I guess. I don't know. I I mean, I don't think anything is going to make it make sense to me. But I mean, if you work your recall, it's going to be pretty bomb proof. So, why are you going to spend all this time working two different recalls? It's not working. It's not working two different recalls. Like, you're working on one of them. That's your
0: emergency recall. And then the other one, it's like you still need your dog to come to you, right? Like,
1: even if you don't have all that stuff on you. So then you're using. I guess maybe just because mine isn't reliant on me having something in particular. Like, my dogs, like, I teach recall. I don't give them a treat. Like, in the beginning, I give them a treat all the time, and then I wean them off to just praise or ball or whatever. So
0: I would say that you don't have an emergency recall then. Like, I mean, you have it for what you need it for. But Yeah, if, but
1: they have a solid recall. So why do you need an emergency recall? For That's the my, other situations where
0: you're not taking your dog into. So Yeah, I, I guess I guess management is my emergency right. recall. Right, so I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing that you just, like, don't need an emergency recall maybe, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't work with a lot of prey-driven dogs, so...
0: Or, like, even just dogs who aren't handler-focused. Like, if you had some northern breed or
1: something, it would probably be harder
0: to teach them a emergency recall.
1: Yeah. You know what? That was, like... I was talking about this the other day. That's, like, the hardest part of me becoming a trainer is that I was almost exclusively trained with bully breeds. Mm. And they just want to do whatever you want them to do all the time. <laughs> So then when you have to start working with other breeds, you're like, wait, what? (laughs) And it's difficult. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of why else recall. Um, So, I mean, the main why of recall is just uh, getting your dog some more freedom, like off leash or even in the yard or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else people use recall for.
0: Uh, In the segment that I just edited, we were talking about using it. For like when your dog is doing something you don't want them to do. Um, Mm. You can recall them back from that. Yep. Um. It's like a dragging leash, but more convenient. (laughs) Cool. Okay, there's some information about why you would ever want to teach your dog to come when you call them. And uh, we'll take a break here. When we get back, we will talk about how to accomplish this. margarita check how's your margarita
1: it's almost gone and it's pretty delightful <laughs> uh i would ask you but yours is already gone because you're a liar i'm not a liar i didn't lie about that i mean what are you drinking right now water <laughs> you're supposed to be drinking a margarita if i did not lie and say that i'm drinking one i'm still a
0: liar no <laughs> Oh, you didn't read the uh,
1: bullet points from the last segment. Oh, how dare I? Uh, (laughs) The bullet points for segment two were poo, pee, toot, burp. (laughs) Poo, pee, toot, burp. Alrighty. I like it a lot. We're going to keep these in for every time. Alrighty.
0: So, recall, but how? So... (laughs) (laughs) Laura, if we convinced people in the last segment to teach their dog a recall, how would you do
1: it? Me? So, personally, I just use their name because I'm lazy and I don't like to say stuff. Uh, So, I start around the house uh, just calling their name. Uh, Generally, when they're not very far away and not doing something important that they think is important, rather. (laughs) And then graduate in the house too farther away and while they're doing something. So, I'll start just like, I'll use Sparks for an example because that's who I'm training recall on right now. So, if I'm sitting around watching TV and he's just walking around, I'll call his name. He comes over. I give him a lot of attention. And then we graduate to like when he's playing with a toy or when he's bothering one of the other dogs. In the house, we tend to do more uh, attention-based just because... I don't carry treats around the house. Uh, And it depends on the dog. Sparks is super, super, super attention focused. So it's very easy for me to not use treats with him. Most dogs I probably would have to use treats. uh, But I would say a majority of the dogs I work with are pretty attention focused. Because rescue dogs are clingy as fuck. So around the house when it's easier, I tend to just throw a party. uh, Give them a lot of attention and affection. And then as it gets harder... I tell my clients to graduate to like the backyard. I don't really do that at my own house because I'm lazy. Uh, (laughs) So what I tell my clients and what I do is different. Uh, (laughs) Because again, I'm very lazy. So I start just in the house when they're not doing anything exciting. uh, Graduate to when they're doing something more exciting. And then I usually take them out on the long line uh, and work them with treats. But for my clients, I say work around the house, always use treats graduate to the backyard, then graduate to outside of the house. I mean, we say this with everything, but I think it also varies a lot depending on the dog. Um, if you have a very squirrely dog that does not pay you much attention, or if you have like a high prey dog, then I would probably change a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, for Sparks, we just started working around the house until I was confident that he knew what his name was. And then we go out to the park on the long line. So the park that I go to is very, very slow. There are not a lot of distractions. There's almost never other dogs. And there's very few people or anything like that. So that makes it a lot easier. (laughs) And so same thing. When we get to the park, he's on a 50-foot line. I start with... And at the park, I'm always using treats every single time, no matter what. Uh, We start with just, like, when he's nearby and not really doing anything. And then graduate to, like letting him wander 30 feet away. (laughs) Uh, And we've been doing that for, I don't know, a week or so. And then today we graduated to bringing another dog and trying to call him like Peter would be, you know, 50 feet away and he would start to run towards Peter and I would call him off. Sparks is really easy because he is so attention focused. Calling him off of things is really not difficult. (laughs) But I do still kind of graduate Based on of like the level of difficulty, so when he's just you know not doing anything and thirty feet away, if he comes, I just give him a treat. When he's running at Peter and I call him off, then I give him a handful of treats. (laughs) And then obviously, I'm also not in the position like I never have my dogs long enough really to reach the point of actually being off leash, and because they're not my dogs, I would never put them off leash anyways. So I guess my training is a little bit more fragmented than most. But yeah, so I start in the house, graduate to outside. Um, and then once we're outside and once they're good at it, uh, then I will start kind of weaning off the treats um, and just giving them a lot of attention or reward in some other way. Like, So Sparks' attention is almost more valuable than food anyways, so that makes my life a little bit easier. But he also really likes tennis balls, so we'll do that instead just so that they will consistently do the behavior and I don't have to treat them every time. But they still get treats most of the time because, again, if it was going to be my personal dog, I would wean them off treats altogether. But I don't ever have them long enough to do that. So, (laughs) oh, that's what I was going to say. And I think I talked about this in the last episode, actually. I just use their name. When I call their name, as soon as they acknowledge, I mark that with, like, a yes or a good boy or whatever it is. And then I am verbally rewarding them the entire way back, and then they get paid when they get to me. Again, usually with food, but in theory, I would graduate off of that eventually. But
0: how would you keep the recall strong with uh, while graduating off of food entirely?
1: Just attention or some other reward. Like usually, if we're going to be outside off leash, we're doing like ball or something like that. Uh, and again, most of the dogs that I'm working with are pretty attention focused, so they're not very reliant on food. So, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of dogs that I maybe wouldn't be able to wean off food. I just, I don't have those dogs. Got it. Uh, I'm guessing your recall is pretty different than mine, though.
0: Um, I mean, not really. Well, so with the puppies, I do something completely different. But, like, to teach Mooney way back when, it kind of sounded exactly the same. Except instead of saying his name, I was saying his word, you know. But, like, I was getting his attention when I knew that it wasn't too distracting for him, like you were saying, like we, I'm not going to start out like when he's in the backyard sniffing something, right? Like we started, Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. So we started uh, inside and with really few distractions. And then I just call him and he got a treat. And then we just graduated up and up. And I did use my long line while we were working outside so that he couldn't self reward if he decided to ignore me. But the important part of that is that I was never – I the long line was never something that I was like, I'm going to use this. It, I was always expecting to not have to use the long line, but it was there if I needed it. So, like, that's my warning against, like, going too fast, like using the long line as a crutch and going too quickly, you know?
1: I would say very, very, very rarely should you actually have to use the long line. Yeah. I'm trying to think – of the last time I had to actually use it. And I can't think of one. <laughs> yeah. So the intention should be to not need it. But it is there. If.
0: It's there purely for safety. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That was with Mooney. With the puppies. What I do is I teach them that. A certain word. Usually chimera, um, But some families have like words that they want me to use. So like one of the families wanted me to do magnet. So their dog would come to magnet. <laughs> Um, and so what I did was That's great. <laughs> what I did was teach the dog that when I said magnet, I was dropping treats at my feet. And I have like the uh freeze dried are or stellar chewies. And so I would just take one, crumble it, you know, they're so easy to crumble. I have hardwood floors, crumble it at my feet. Um and so then that was kind of three rewards at once because it was food, but then also a snuffling game, and then also I was throwing a party. So like they puppies and they love it when you're like, oh, my God, yay!" you know, um, so like all those things were happening. And same as what we were saying before, it starts when they're close to me and not working on something that they consider to be important. Um, and then we kind of graduate where I will kind of see, you know, OK, can they respond to me when they're playing across the room or when they're chasing something or whatever? Um, so I'm kind of like guessing where they're at and I'll level them up a little bit. Um, And then with the puppies, just like with Laura's fosters, they don't ever get let out off leash. So we don't go full into off leash, but I do have a tiny little fenced in area and we'll practice there. But other than that, like we don't practice out in the big world or anything.
1: I just had. Oh, so I was going to say, too, if I was dealing with tiny puppies, which I don't deal with very often, I actually start with the name game of just teaching them their fucking name. (laughs) Because most puppies don't know their name, and because I use their name exlu- pretty exclusively for recall. So if it's a baby puppy, I would just say their name. Any sort of acknowledgement at all gets rewarded. Mm. I skip that step because I don't usually deal with tiny puppies. <laughs> and most dogs that I deal with already know their name, so it's not a far... A far jump to coming to their name.
0: <laughs> yep, I love playing the name game with my puppies, and what I do is it's it's
1: eye I feel like that would be me. so hard for you. Why? Because there's just because there's so many of them, and they all don't. I mean, none of them know their name because oh, they haven't even come. I train home yet. them one at a time. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> but like that's just a lot of fucking name game.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they catch on pretty quick. Like they're yeah. smart. Um like puppies are little sponges. It's crazy. I think that they learn a lot faster than older dogs, just because they're like really. Oh yeah, just because they're little tiny sponges. Ugh. No. Um. But my for my name game, it's eye contact. So, um, I just want them to look at me so that they can be paying attention and get further instructions. So instead of having them come to, to their name, I have them look at me.
1: Yeah, for puppies, it's any acknowledgement. When you're when they genuinely don't know their name, uh, it's. Any sort of, if you look at me, anything. Here you go. Good job. (laughs) The other big thing I wanted to say about recall, assuming that you're going to be using a long line, is be careful. (laughs) I have seriously injured myself twice in the last month. Uh, And by I, I mean Oscar has seriously injured me in the last month, and he now no longer wears the long line. Uh, And Sparks... Is getting close. Not very often. I've used long lines for ages. I've never had an issue. I don't know if it's me getting older and slower or these dogs in particular are just heinous individuals. But for some reason, Oscar and Sparks both like to do like figure eights and circle around you and then run. So (laughs) twice in the past month, I have had the long line get wrapped around me and then had them take off which will give you really 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 really, really bad rope burn um also my uh my, my bullet points for this segment <laughs> are barf puke yak bleh there it is I like I like that they're <laughs> I like that they're themed per segment that's nice yeah i like a good theme
0: uh are we done with this do they know how to do everything? i'm done with it. okay cool
1: <laughs> uh yeah i mean it varies by each dog but the general theme is graduate with distractions and reward heavy there you go figure out what <laughs> motivates them and give that to them when they come
0: to you <laughs> easy peasy yeah Okay, cool. So that's some information about how to teach recall.
1: Oh, wait. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Okay. Do you repeat your recall command? No. Like, do you just say, come here once? I say it one time. You don't repeat it. Um, if
0: they don't come to me, I don't use it twice. I just get them to come in other ways.
1: Uh, so I always tell people that recall is the only thing, that, the only verbal cue that you can repeat. Mm. That was something I forgot about. Um, so... You always have to be more exciting than everything else. So uh, you always want to be exciting uh, and you can repeat it as often as you need to. But I can see why you would not do that. Yeah. Because that's how I trained pretty much every other verbal cue. Uh, But recall, I found, is just easier to repeat and they come. I don't know. There's no real science behind it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just what works.
0: For me. Yeah, I just don't want to weaken it, so uh, I will repeat their name, like, if it doesn't seem like they heard me or are focused on me yet, like, if I'm, like, Mooney, and he's still, like, looking in the other fucking direction, I'll say Mooney <laughs> until he's looking at me, and then I'll use his recall.
1: Yeah, I mean, your way makes Like, not using their name and using an actual barbecue makes sense to me. I don't know why I don't do it that way, it just...
0: I don't know. well the good news is like, you can do whatever the fuck you want
1: so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just glad something makes sense finally <laughs> uh yeah that's interesting i'm uh i think most trainers don't repeat their recall to me i feel like it's the only verbal cue that you can repeat but I, i mean that's just a made-up preference <laughs> well, let's go with whatever works for you, listener. <laughs> okay, do, you could do your transition now. I'm done interrupting.
0: Okay, uh, so that's how to teach your dog to come when you call them. And we'll take a break here. And when we get back, Lara is going to rant about something.
1: Final margarita check. How's your water? The Cheetos are so good. (laughs) Uh, I can't complain because I threw out the last of my margarita and also I'm drinking water. (laughs) My margarita was good. Would make it again. I just, it's a very like lay on the couch and do nothing kind of day and drinking is not a part of that for me. Wow. The perfect day for it. Plus, I just really love water. Us desert folk. This rant is brought to you by our restaurant experience together. Um, So I can't really say we went on a hike because I don't even think we did like half a mile. Uh (laughs) My mom went on a hike. (laughs) We helped get her started. Yeah. Uh (laughs) It's fine. We went on a short stroll in the woods. uh, And then went to a restaurant with a dog-friendly patio. So we had three dogs with us, which not ideal for a dog-friendly patio, but, you know, they're, they're pretty good, so it was fine. However, we were sat right next to the entrance, and oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, the dogs that came through. Most of them were just like, whatever, like, okay, your dog maybe shouldn't be here, but it's fine. But then. <laughs> so this youngish couple comes with their fucking doodle, and unbeknownst to me what was going to happen, I was just bitching about the doodle, because literally, I think almost every dog we saw was a doodle, and we saw a lot of dogs. We only
0: saw that one. We saw, like... Oh bullshit! No, seriously, we saw like I made a comment every time I guess I was talking to Scott. A German Shepherd. Those two that were near us were golden retrievers. Black Lamb. I feel like that's the only doodle I saw. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> can, can we bring Scott in here? Because I made a comment every single time we saw one. Yeah. And there were a lot of comments. We'll text him. Uh, <laughs> but so this doodle comes up to the hostess stand. And I made a comment about, like, ah, fucking doodles. Uh, And then they start to walk in the restaurant. The dog immediately starts losing its shit. And I'm like, that's weird. Why would you bring your dog here? I mean, obviously, it's like a a ski resort. But in the summer, they have, like, archery and shit. I use the word resort very lightly. Uh, (laughs) But so... And, like, why would they bring this reactive dog? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And so I'm, like, making fun of them and also kind of, like, seriously, what are you... Like, their dog was losing it. There was the the Black Lab that walked... Or, no, there was a healer that came in that was also kind of reactive, but, like, not as much. And it was like, well, why are you here? But then we didn't hear from it again. So I was like, oh, okay. But this dog, like, the second it walked in, started losing its fucking shit, like, completely. I still cannot believe this actually happened. (laughs) And I just am still so mad. So as the hostess comes to take them to the table, the lady pops out a fucking nylon grooming muzzle and puts it on the dog so it can't bark through their meal. And I wish someone would have gotten a photo of my face. (laughs) Because I still... What the... Like... Who told them that was okay? What gave them that fucking idea? Like, what part of this is not fucking wrong? No matter who you're talking to. Like, I don't agree with a lot of other trainers. A lot of other trainers don't agree with me. A lot of dog people and me disagree. But, like, I if, if I know anyone that agrees with this, please let me know. So I can immediately stop acknowledging your existence well the what
0: the the fuck? person who puts the muzzle on lady and lady in the tramp to stop her from barking is like the bad guy like we all understand <laughs> that it's like a bad guy thing to do
1: <laughs> I literally could not believe my fucking eyes I still it's been what a week almost when was that last Saturday or something yeah it was like three days ago <laughs> I have no concept of time. I, I don't understand. And also, I would like to add that I left as I left. So I left with all three dogs. They're on the opposite side of the patio from us. So we didn't. I didn't hear from that dog again while we were there. But the opposite side of the patio is over by the stairs to leave the area. And so when I left, I have all three dogs which wasn't pretty, obviously, but like they're fine. They're not reactive. There's just the leash work was a little, little much. Uh, But so we walk over to the stairs. We're probably, I don't know, 30 yards from where this dog is sitting and is muzzled under the table trying to come at us from across the patio. And then we're outside of the patio by like another 10 feet. And I look over and it's under the table trying to bark, but it can't because it's muzzled, desperately trying to come get my three dogs. What the fuck? (laughs) Just leave your fucking dog at home if you're not going to work with it. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think you're working with it? Is that what's happening? Or do you
0: think that your dog really likes this situation
1: better than being I don't. (laughs) I can't imagine. I cannot imagine that that dog is not being made much worse every single time it goes out. I want to know where they came up with this plan. That's what I want to know. It had to have been something that they like came up with on their own, right? Yeah, I would guess so. Please for the please for the love of God, tell me they came up with this on their own. I wonder if they think that's what muzzles are for. I mean, I've heard of people using muzzles for barking 100%, which is also the dumbest fucking shit I've ever heard in my life, but like this goes above and beyond. And it was very clear, I mean, it's hard to tell with doodles, but it seemed like a very young dog. Hmm. Not like a puppy, but sure, if I had yeah. to guess, I would say a two years or under. Yeah. I have so many questions. Like, do you have a trainer? If you don't, why not? Also, like, if you don't want to do training and you don't want to get a trainer, then leave your fucking dog at home. Yeah. Because that dog is getting worse every time you do that to that poor fucking dog yeah Andy's miserable. like he's not enjoying his outing if that's what you're thinking. The only thing I could think is like they went hiking and didn't want to leave the dog in the car to go grab food, but even still like then you knew that was gonna happen. get right? it to go. If that's an option like anything, yeah, she I mean the and the way that she did it was like this happened every weekend, right. Like, well, you don't carry one
0: of those with you unless you're right? planning to use it. So,
1: And I get it. Like, first of all, you oh. should never have your dog in a nylon muzzle for anything longer than a quick nail trim. But obviously they're still going to bark in a basket muzzle. So I get that. But like, what the fuck? But what the <laughs> fuck? I don't even like I don't even have a legitimate thing to say about this other than what the fuck? Because it was. One of the most egregious things I've ever seen in public, that everyone was just like, okay, this is normal. It's um, going to haunt my dreams. So after Forever. you
0: left, this couple oh God. Of, of ladies sat down. I don't know who, like if they were both, if both dogs belonged to one of them or the other, or they each owned one or something, but there were two like golden retriever type dogs and one of them was really reactive. And was, like, barking at everything that moved. And the waitress, like, it was the same waitress that helped us. So she's super, super nice. But um was just a little bit clueless. And so the lady was like, oh, just ignore my dog. And so the waitress was, like, standing, like, 10 feet away, like, I- sorry, I can't say hi to you, doggy, I need to ignore you. <laughs> it's like, this is not what ignoring her dog means.
1: <laughs> but same thing, like... Why are you putting your dog in this scenario you know it can't fucking handle?
0: Right. And she was also the I'm one... I'm not bringing Doobie to a fucking restaurant. And she's also the one who I texted you that was like... Um, yeah. She was oh, like, God. oh, I can be tough. Don't worry. I can be tough. And her... So, by the way, what she was doing, she was eating. And every time her hand moved toward her mouth, her dog would lunge for her food. Like, on the way to her mouth.
1: Jesus Christ. Was
0: it a, was it a puppy? Uh, Probably, like, one and a half. I mean, not... Yeah, not a
1: puppy puppy, but Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, like the full size of a golden retriever, but like was acting really young.
1: Puppy (laughs) Um, brain, yeah.
0: But uh, so like this dog is not under control. I think it got the food out of her hand a couple times. Um,
1: And she was like. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Sparks got food off of my plate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that would not happen twice. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, But this lady was like, don't worry, I can be tough. And then she just looks at her dog and goes, No. No, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. And the dog at no point sat down. Um, but at some point she felt satisfied with what she had done. And she was like, see, I can be tough. <laughs> I, I was just like, what happened? What did your
1: dog do? I don't want What understand. did we accomplish? <laughs> oh, man. I just. <sighs> I mean, I go to a lot of dog friendly patios, but never in my life have I seen Quite the antics that we saw on Saturday. <laughs> Maybe it's... You know what it is? It's because I don't go anywhere on weekends because it's too busy. That might uh, be it. But it, it is kind that of that hilarious must- to me that, like, you're
0: there. You you run a behavior rescue. You're there with two rescues and your own personal dog. And we have, like, the only three non-reactive dogs on the patio.
1: It was... I mean, there was a uh, litter mate that I... Went nuts over a little bit. They were two of the best behaved dogs there. And they were like, they couldn't have been more than like five or six months old. Yeah, they were little. (laughs) There was this massive black lab that was a little bit reactive, but under control. There was a very well behaved shepherd that went to a different patio, probably because our patio was such a fucking disaster. (laughs) Um, But the doodle. And then there was a reactive healer that was, he he was okay. He was reactive coming in a little bit. And then he was fine until the fucking doodle came, and then they had a little bit of a square off. Uh, and so did the doodle in the lab, again. right? Yeah, because the doodle was setting everyone off. Yeah. Because weird, you can't walk in an extremely reactive dog just muzzled so you can't hear it as much. Like <laughs> That's not going to get us anywhere. Giving off the same exact energy. I, I can't believe that none of our dogs reacted to that. I guess we they were, were, so we were in like this we were in like this alcove which really made us look better than we were. <laughs> but they were also being um, real good. Yeah, they were really good. Luckily Harper's deaf, so that helped us. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> and Sparks doesn't give a shit. So I guess the rant in and of itself is that if your dog's a psycho, either work on it or don't affect other people's lives with it. And don't put your dog in a situation they clearly are telling you that they cannot handle. (laughs) I just. I'm going to be telling that fucking muzzle story for the rest of my life. I look forward to (laughs) it. I can already tell. (laughs) I can already. I still, like, I want to go back this weekend just to see if they, they, are they regulars? Like, I need to find them. (laughs) I'll train it for free. Like, just stop (laughs) doing that. I'll find you a trainer and pay them. I don't care. Just don't ever do that again. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I can't. Uh, did I already say my bullet points for this segment? Nope. I don't think I did. So there's brap, whatever the fuck that means. Um, Butthole and anus. <laughs> <laughs> I... I- <laughs> I'm going to need to get the recording snippet of that laugh that you just did. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Uh.
0: So, with uh, that, with butthole, anus, and brap, uh,
1: I think that about wraps it up. Our 30. I just don't. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't. I don't know why you would do brap, which I don't know what that is, instead of yarp. Brap yeah uh,
0: okay um <laughs> then you make the outline next time laura <laughs> okay i think yeah. that about wraps it up our 31st episode is ready to be let out of the kennel you can find me on tiktok and instagram at miss lily's dogs or on my website miss or my online training platform patreon.com slash miss lily's dogs
1: and you can find me on Instagram at ProperPuppersLV and my website, ProperPuppersLV.com. Uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Doggerita Bell podcast.
0: All right. What a oh, shit man. show.
1: That really digressed quickly. They got
0: out of hand fast.
1: I really did Thanks for listening to Dogaritaville. Send us an email at Doggeritaville at gmail.com Or send us a DM on Instagram At dogaritaville. And let us know if
0: there are any topics you'd like to see covered Or if there are any margaritas You want us to try And don't forget to leave us a review Until next time, give your dog a treat from us